We are gathered here today for an episode of Two Girls, One Ghost. We are your ghostesses. That is Corinne. Howdy. I'm Sabrina. And this is an encounters episode. But before we get into our stories, if you would like to join us and see us in real life to prove the existence of the humans that say they are real, Corinne and Sabrina, and also to prove the fact that we are the most haunted podcast in uh, maybe possibly the world, come join us. We're going on tour this fall. We're hitting, I keep saying hitting, we're going to 32 cities and we hope to see you there. Check out our website. Yeah. And if there's a city near you, we would love to see you. Until then, we'll tell you some ghost stories. Will you go first, please? I will start. And I will start with one called Demon Child Outside of My Tent. Lovely. Hi, ghostesses, ghosts, and ghouls. Hello from Nottingham, England. Hello. Did I say that right? I think so. Nottingham? Yeah. Nottingham, England. I'm a new listener of your podcast, and I'm making my way through the archives. You two have such a beautiful friendship, and I love how much you love what you do. I've always been interested in spooky stuff, the paranormal, the supernatural, so I love listening to your creepy stories. But I've always been kind of on the fence about believing in it. However, I recently had a pretty spooky experience that freaked me out enough to question my skepticism. Oh, we love love that. A few weeks ago, I went camping for the first time ever with my boyfriend. We spent most of our first day hiking, so we were pretty tired by the time we got back, and it was dark and we conked out easily. Our tent was in the center of this busy campsite full of families and groups of friends, so the atmosphere was safe and comfortable, not the kind of wilderness camping trip that you'd be terrified of what might unzip your tent in the dead of night. I'm a very heavy sleeper and usually sleep through the night without waking, but this night I woke up sometime in the early hours. It wasn't the kind of groggy sleepiness that you would get from sleeping on an uncomfortable air mattress, and I didn't need to go pee. I was just suddenly wide awake and felt totally wrong. Oh. My boyfriend was sleeping peacefully next to me and the campsite was quiet, but I could hear a child crying from somewhere nearby. As I lay in my sleeping bag, I could hear the sound of this crying child coming closer to me. Nope. This shouldn't have been weird because there were plenty of children staying around in the campsite. I had seen many of them the day before, but the sound was making me feel unnaturally anxious. It was totally dark outside but there was this faint glow coming from the solar-powered lamps that another pitch near us had set up. The glow illuminated the silhouette of a small child walking past our tent. I hate this. I know. He must have been a toddler of maybe two years old, stumbling along the uneven ground in an uncertain way that young children do, sniffling, sobbing, and just wailing. The closer he got, the more terrified I felt. Rationally, I knew that the right thing to do would be to get up and ask the boy what was wrong, where his parents were, but I really didn't want to. I was certain that if I did, something truly horrible would happen to me. I could see the shadow of the boy come right by our tent, still crying, only about six feet away from us, when he suddenly stopped directly outside of the door to our tent. He immediately stopped crying, and he slowly turned to face the entrance. It was dead quiet all around. I've never felt so scared in my entire life. There's no reason to be afraid of a three-foot-tall child that you could easily yeet across the campsite, and yet I felt terrified. There is a reason. I was absolutely certain that this was not a normal human child. I held my breath and I lay as still as I could, but inside I was screaming. After what felt like an age, 
but was probably more like a minute, the shadow turned and calmly walked away. But it was not the stumbling, unpracticed gait of a toddler. It was walking confidently, almost robotically, like a grown man or even a soldier. It looked and felt totally unnatural. I am certain that a child that young should not be able to walk like that, especially on a bumpy campground grass. But I'm also certain that this was not a child. Whatever it was, it was as if it realized I wasn't buying its act and gave up on the pretense. I get chills thinking about what might have happened or what I might have seen if I'd gone out of the tent or more terrifyingly, if he'd decided to come in. What I don't understand is how nobody else in the whole campsite seemed to hear this thing crying or at least never came to investigate. My boyfriend, who's usually a very light sleeper who wakes up at the slightest noise, slept through this whole thing. I'm glad he got some rest though, as I'm sure he didn't sleep a wink the night right after I told him about my experience. (laughs) He's a hardened skeptic, but it really freaked him out. Luckily, the rest of the trip was totally uneventful, and I'm looking forward to camping again. So please help me brainstorm ways to stop creepy demon children from crawling into my sleeping bag at night. Keep up the good work and see you on the other side, Emma. (sighs) Mm. This is a tough one. Yeah. In the beginning, I totally was like, I mean, you're supposed to trust your gut. So obviously, it was good that Emma didn't just rush into a scene. But a crying child at night, especially around a campsite that's kind of like wandering around the same place, I would assume this was a child who just went out of his tent, their tent, and was lost and confused and crying and needed help. But it's the moment that it switches that I'm like, oh. Well, I mean, already just from the get-go, like Emma woke up feeling not right. And also if, if a kid wandered away from their parents' tent crying, other people would have heard it. It almost feels like it was just Emma's reality that was shifted and changed because yeah, unless like there's stories from other people who were experiencing this that night. Doesn't sound like it. Right. It does seem like if you're camping and there's a child wailing in the way that Emma is describing it, you would think multiple people would be reacting in, in different tents and different areas of the campsite. But no one, no one made a noise. Emma seemed to be the only one experiencing it. And it was terrifying. Yeah. It almost reminded me the the way Emma wrote that they woke up and like just was awake, wasn't groggy, wasn't all of these things made me think of almost an alien abduction mm. in the sense that people who describe returning almost as if all of a sudden they're awake. Yeah, that is interesting. That's a good point. It also is interesting too, because I was thinking, you know, if there hadn't been the weird switch of this child's behavior and movement and everything changing on top of Emma's feeling of like something encroaching, something sinister. I would say like, oh, what if this was some sort of way for the spirit world or the the energy around us to protect this child and to wake up someone who could help this kid? But the second half of the story and also Emma's initial feelings does make me, I mean, I'm usually the first person that screams, this is not a child, this is a demon. (laughs) So yeah, I mean, something mimicked this kid Especially because it was pacing outside of their tent too. I know, like it knew specifically Emma was awake. It almost felt targeted. Also, there it doesn't sound like there was any news of like a missing child or anything. So it sounds like Emma made the right call 
Yeah, there would be definitely a stir in the morning if someone was missing, or I'm sure it would be a, a tail around the campfire since it sounds like they were at a campsite where everyone's, you know, it's a, a, I've been camping at campsites. I used to go to Lake Elmore in Vermont every single year, and it very much is a little bit more of a community. Like you do go kind of campsite to campsite to the people around you and get to know people and play with all the kids and all the adults talk to each other. So I'm sure they would have heard something and they didn't. So that can be confirmation. Us having the sort of peace that there wasn't a child just abandoned in their time of need. No child was harmed in the reading of this story. Mm -hmm. Okay. I have a story from our listener, Kate, and it is called my long distance boyfriend was haunted. And it messed with me. Hi, lovely ladies, longtime listener since the fall of 2018. And boy, do I love my drive time with y'all. Of course, before we start, all the compliments to you both. You're lovely to listen to, and I feel like I'm catching up with my besties. So, to the meat of the story. I was dating a guy who we will call Mark for now. Mark was four years older than me, and this was also the fall of 2018. Mark lived in England, the Southeast to be exact. He was charming, and we hit it off without a doubt. So a couple of months into our dating, he revealed to me that he and his family were very haunted. Now, as someone who comes from a family that is very spiritually inclined on my mother's side, I personally have died twice medically, both due to open heart surgery, and my mom has some wacky stories about dead friends coming back for a midnight visit. Wow. Most of the females have always had a great sense of intuition. I guess that's what you could call it. And my dad swears up and down he was not a very superstitious man, that my Nana had cursed him, which I feel like, Kate, we need all of these stories. I know there's Kate write a book. I do think Kate has emailed us before, but I don't know that we have all of these stories. Oh, okay. Anyway, Kate said, I am a firm believer in no Ouija boards. I've always been against them. They give me the creeps. I've never played with one and will never be in a room or a house where there is one. Mark told me that his mom had played with one when she was younger, guessing it was probably around the 80s. So no one taught her how to close out the session correctly. And he said, ever since then, bad things have happened to his mom and anyone around her. This is a, a warning for everyone. If you are going to use a Ouija board, which we don't highly recommend, make sure you use it properly and close out. He never quite went into details because I didn't want them. Honestly, he said there was a darkness in his mom's house and that sometimes as kids, they would see shadows. So one night, since we were in a very much long distance relationship, because I lived in Tennessee and he lived in Southeast England, we were on Skype with each other. We were talking about the day and getting ready to go to bed. Yes, we were one of those couples who would fall asleep with each other on the phone. I know, cringy. Oh, I like that's not cringy. I am curious though, time-wise, how that worked. Yeah, I don't know. That is not important to the story. Kate, Kate, we have a lot of questions for you. <laughs> Mark was very close to his grandfather, which I could understand because I'm very close with my grandmothers. So I get it, especially my dad's mother and my mama. His grandfather had passed and his grandfather was more of a father figure to him than a grandfather. He was his rock. He was his everything. And I was not with him during the time that he had passed because it had been several years prior to us getting together. But he did wear a necklace of his grandfather's ashes around his neck. One night, he sent a photo to show me that he had a bruise on his left hip. And I asked him, what is that green dot near your floor? He acted like I was crazy and said, there is no green dot. 
I don't have anything green over there. It's just the corner of the room. I told him there was most definitely something in the corner. It was green, not like Maleficent from Sleeping Beauty green, but it was green. So he went back and took another photo and sent it to me just to show me that there was nothing green in it. Well, sucks to be him because guess what? That green thing was still there. But when he called me back on Skype, he physically took me to the spot and showed me that it wasn't there, which was odd because it was in the photo, but not on the video. And so he said, I don't want to talk about it. And we just dropped it. Well, for the story to make sense, you have to kind of know about how my bedroom is set up. I lived in a very small house that was built around the late 20s and early 30s and was a mill house made for the workers of the mill where I lived. So technically there was only one bedroom, but families previous to us had made the large walk-in closet a bedroom. It wasn't big. It fit about a twin size bed, a bookshelf, and a small set of dressers behind the bed, but it worked for me and it was super cozy. This walk-in closet did also contain the water heater for the house. The bed was on the right side of the wall and the bookshelf was on the left side and in the actual closet space was the water heater. Well, on my bookshelf, I had, like most 19 to 20-year-olds, an ungodly amount of Bath and Body Works sprays, one or two actual perfumes, some knickknacks, and a jewelry box that I had since I was a child. On top of that jewelry box was my watch. It was gold. I typically never wore that watch because I'm not much of a watch person anyway. Also, typically, like my mother, if I wore a watch, I would kill it in under six months. Not because I was rough with it, because it would stop working because I think I have too much magnetic electricity in my body. This is reminding me of the people who, when they walk underneath streetlights, all the streetlights go off. Yeah. Sounds like they have a similar effect. Yes. So anyway, I went to sleep. All of my stuff was as it was. And when I woke up the next day, the first thing I see because of the view of my bed is the water heater. So I'm doing normal stretches to make sure I don't throw out my back while studying and I catch out of the corner of my eye a gold glint that keeps flickering. Flickering. I pay attention to it, and it's the darn watch. I don't have a history of sleepwalking or sleep talking, and definitely not sleepwalking. I was super freaked out about it, and I sent a photo to him and called him freaking out because nothing like that had ever happened. He just laughed and said, well, that tracks, like I said, my whole family's haunted. <laughs> I think the watch had been moved in the room. I was not prepared for this. And it was too early in the morning for me to even wrap my brain around the fact that my watch had miraculously jumped from on top of my jewelry box to diagonally across maybe six feet on top of the water heater. The thin layer of dust that is normally on the water heater was also disturbed. Like someone had sat down the watch and moved around the dust. Huh. I was thoroughly creeped out and did the only thing I knew how to do, which was grab handfuls of sea salt, chuck it all across my room while saying out loud, please go away. I do not want you. Go back to wherever you came from, please. I also made sure not to watch or read anything that was spooky for a good two weeks, which unfortunately included you guys. So what do you think? Did I dodge a bullet by breaking up with that guy? And why did my watch move? A thing that I didn't even wear. I'll see you on the other side, Kate. I don't know. Me neither. Because it also just sounds like Kate has, I don't know if being with that guy exacerbated things that are already within Kate, especially knowing how many stories we have from Kate. I I feel like I can confidently say all spooky things experienced were not just in that setting, especially because there's so much that has been experienced with her and her family and all, all these different things. But I, yeah, I wonder, it's confusing. To me, it 
feels like a warning of like something protective in Kate's life being like, literally watch out for this guy. Yeah. You're running out of time. Make the decision now. Because he was, because if there's these two photos where there's something green in both of them and, and it sounds like it was something like an orb or something paranormal like that Kate drew attention to it multiple times. And this guy who she called Mark was adamantly denying the existence of, like, it does seem like there's something much bigger at play in Mark's life that he doesn't want to talk about. Kate, I feel like you should tell me what this guy's name is because it's kind of reminding me of, remember when I went on a couple dates with this one guy and I saw a crouching demon next to him? That is terrifying. I thought he was sleepwalking, but he said he wasn't sleepwalking. He was just wandering like through my house in this weird trance. Yeah, that that was a horrifying. Will you tell that whole thing again? Right now? I feel like we did it on the Corinne special. Did you? Okay. Yeah, I think it was on Corinne part two. Okay. It's so spooky. Yeah, because it was so, he was so adamant about it not being a thing. It, it was just like odd, strange behavior, which is kind of what this guy was feeling. Like, how can you ignore the evidence in front of you? And it's also weird because like, he did say his family is haunted. And then when she brought up the watch being moved, he did say like, oh, that makes sense because I'm haunted. But then like certain other things he didn't want to talk about. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It's gross. Like the dust being moved around the watch too. It just reminds me a bit of, God, what was the movie? Is it Paranormal Activity? Where it's just up in the attic, there's old photos found. And it's just, it just feels like, I don't know. It just it's giving me the same vibes and the same like creepiness of. I'm glad Kate's not in that scenario, in that situation. I'm losing my words. It's giving us get cleansed. Get cleansed. The, yes, the, we we rate this in the get cleansed category for this man. For this man. So Kate, you you made the right right call. Mm-hmm. He's got to get cleansed, and Kate is safe? Question mark because there's so many other experiences that they've had. So yeah, unknown to be continued. Well, I have one that might lift us up slightly from from the horrors of dating and camping. Uh, and this is called Naked and Locked Out by a Ghost. Oh, okay. Hello, ghostesses. My name is Jenna. I feel like every encounter's email you read begins with this, but I'll say it anyway because it's true. I recently came across your podcast while I was at work and I've been hooked ever since, especially since it's September now and officially spooky season. Give me all the ghost stories, please. It's been quite a while since anything paranormal has happened in my life, but looking back, I can finally laugh at my most prominent experience. While it wasn't funny at the time, I still can't believe my college roommate and I lived with a ghost for a few months or that it got the last laugh. My sophomore year of college, so about eight years ago, I moved into a small old house with my best friend that I had met my freshman year. We were instantly inseparable. We picked a charming little house off campus that had been built in the 50s to move into. It had two bedrooms, two full baths, a living room, and a kitchen. It also had a tiny one-car garage on the side of the house where the entrance to our backyard was. We'll call the door from the garage to the yard the back door. The door from the house to the garage was in the kitchen, more towards the front of the house. We'll call this the kitchen door. We each had a dog at the time, so the kitchen door got a lot of use throughout the day when we let the dogs in and out and because we had to go through the garage to get to the back door. Our bedrooms were at the back of the house with my roommate's room sharing a wall with the garage. One day, a couple months after we moved in, we were both at home relaxing and studying in our separate rooms. I got up to let our dogs out. 
Since the garage door itself, the one that you use to get your car in and out, was usually closed, we didn't always close the kitchen door when letting the dogs out. We went straight out to the yard and quickly came back in. It's worth noting that these doors did not face the same direction. The kitchen door was west-facing towards the front of the garage. The back door was north-facing towards the back of the garage. It probably makes a difference when it comes to physics or something. (laughs) Science. On this occasion, I specifically remember leaving the kitchen door open. Not just cracked, just slightly open, but fully open. Once out back with the dogs, I closed the storm door that leads back in and stood out with them for a few minutes. While standing there, I all of a sudden heard a ginormous slam from inside of the house and it scared me. I peeked inside the garage and noticed that the kitchen door was now closed. I shrugged it off and thought maybe my roommate didn't realize I was still outside and she closed the door. A minute later, I called the dogs back in and went to go back into the house, but the kitchen door was also locked. Again, I figured my roommate had locked the door when she aggressively shut it a few minutes before. My phone was inside, so I yelled for her thinking maybe she was still in the kitchen. It had only been a minute from the time that she had closed it after all, but I received no answer. I had to go back into our yard where I knocked on her window to get her attention, which scared her. She was confused and I yelled that the door was locked and then I needed to get back in. Once she let me in, we both awkwardly stood there confused as to what just happened. While I thought she'd slammed and locked the door, she thought that I had slammed it going in or out. I said that I was standing outside when it happened and she quickly confirmed that she hadn't even left her room and had not messed with the door. We were both puzzled, but eventually decided it must have just been the suction between the back door and the kitchen door causing the door to slam shut so hard and uh, locked. The locking part is doesn't make sense, but yeah, okay. Yeah, slammed so hard that the lock moved itself. Because <laughs> that happens. An explainable freak accident, so to speak. The thing is, It had been a delayed slamming if it was caused from me opening and closing the back door. Plus, we had been leaving the door to the kitchen open while letting the dogs out for weeks, and this had never done that. Yeah. We weren't able to recreate it by slamming the door hard, trying to get it to lock, or leaving it open with one of us standing by the door to see if it would happen again either. As weeks went by and we got into October, I ended up locked out of the house several more times. (laughs) It wasn't a door that we had a key for. So each time I had to have my roommate come let me in. Oh my gosh. It became apparent that this was mostly happening to me, though it did happen to her once as well. We jokingly came to the conclusion that we had a ghost living with us. But after we acknowledged this, we actually started to notice other little things around the house as well. I. It's also just funny because this ghost is specifically targeting Jenna. Like, no, no, no. You stay out there. This is now my home. Right. I know. Somehow the other roommate is getting <laughs> getting by fine. At the start of November, we put out our Christmas decorations because why the heck not? I get it. I remember coming home one evening in the three ceramic wise men that were with my nativity scene on top of the bookshelf in our living room were laying on their sides. Not broken. And they're ceramic. If they had somehow fallen during the day, they wouldn't have been laying there nicely based on where they originally were standing, which was near the edge. They would have been on the ground and shattered. I texted my roommate with a picture and asked if she had moved them, and her response was, what the fuck? No. Then she joked that it must have been our ghost again. It's like, again, targeting Jenna. Doesn't like Jenna. Yeah, or Jenna's Jenna's things. things. Jenna's presence. (laughs) 
Hopefully Jenna's dog is okay. Is doing just yeah. fine in this scenario. After another week or so, little things started moving around me and I was starting to think that I was going crazy. I'd walk out of a room for a moment and come back and something would be repositioned. We finally decided to have a reading done. I honestly don't know why we didn't just sage the house and move on, but I guess a reading sounded like more fun at the time. (laughs) It does sound fun. We could find out about more than just our ghostly roommate. I was skeptical going into the reading, but quickly felt at ease. The psychic read tarot cards for us as well as our energies. I believe she was clairvoyant. She was able to communicate with us that there was, in fact, something in our home, and it was enjoying messing with us, mainly me. Yeah. She felt that whatever it was, wasn't a positive energy. Oh, no. Possibly a demon, but that there was always someone like a guardian angel between me and this negative energy at all times, and that I was protected which likely explains why I never felt terrified and truly bothered by the presence of our uninvited roommate. She asked if I had any close family that recently passed away that could have possibly been watching over me, which other than my great-grandpa five or six years prior, I hadn't, and I didn't really know him well. She suggested that we fully ignore any and all activity in the house going forward. She felt like whatever was with us was only passing through and would eventually leave us alone if we paid them no attention. Yeah. Don't give them the power. No. Yeah. That's like the classic thing is you have to ignore all of, especially demonic energy. Cause the more you pay attention, the more you look the more at them, power the more power you give, the more energy they yeah. suck from you. After that, things died down. I did manage to get locked out one last time though. And jokes on me because I was in my towels straight out of the shower. <laughs> the dogs were begging to go out. So I decided to open the door for them before I got dressed. The kicker is it was snowing and it was below 30 degrees. No. So our garage was literally freezing and my roommate was at work. I was locked out without my phone or house keys for the front door. I ended up grabbing a mallet from the toolbox in the garage and busting a hole through the door so that I could reach it and unlock it. It sounds ridiculous now, but I panicked and there was no way that I could have waited hours for my roommate or went back out to get help without clothes. Fair. Yeah, uh, that doesn't seem crazy that at all. Sounds that sounds smart. Brilliant. Totally. Because you would die. Yes. It really felt like our friend, using that term loosely, was just waiting to get the last laugh before finally leaving. Or I guess maybe they did. <laughs> it had been a while since the last time that I was locked out and I really wasn't anticipating it. Just when you get comfortable, you think you're safe. The only time you ever go outside in your towel, basically nude. Yeah. I did have to replace the hollow core door before moving out but I left it with a hole for a long time in case we got locked out again. The old house already had poor insulation, so we weren't really worried about an extra hole. (laughs) To this day, I'm still not sure who my guardian angel would have been, but I'd like to think that they're still with me. I'll also mention that while at the psychics, my roommate and I learned that we were both old souls who'd known each other in a past life. Oh. Which would explain our instant connection. She was sensing that we had been family, possibly a mother and daughter. We never did any more digging into our past lives, though your podcast might just sway me to do so. Yes. If you've made it this far, thank you for reading about the experience that made me truly believe in the paranormal. Hopefully you're having a good laugh at my expense (laughs) as well. I'll never forget being locked out of the house in nothing but a towel by a ghost. Stay spooky and always have clothes on when you take your pets out. Jenna. Wow. Jenna, I'm very glad. I am so, I'm actually so impressed with your quick thinking of using the mallet to break open the door. Seriously. I am so curious. Like, 
sure, maybe it's demonic, but it doesn't sound like it's doing a ton of negative, negative stuff aside from locking Jenna out. Yeah. And I I guess I don't know from Jenna's roommate's perspective, like what's happening, but... But it is creepy that it took some of the figurines, the religious figurines from the nativity set and moved them. Although it does sound like it was just kind of moving a lot of things all the time. They weren't broken, which is good. Whereas I feel like if I were a demon, I would be like, I'm going to break these because I have more power. Yeah. So, but this could have been a tactic. It's kind of a slow burn demon. It's a build the trust, make them think I'm just a silly little prankster ghost and then escalate. I have some notes. I have some feedback for this demon for for Give it to them. their next attempt. Dear demon. Dear demon, I have questions for you and comments and suggestions. Please read carefully. We'll mark them in red pen and we'll send it back to you. We're redlining the, their activity. Exactly. Okay. I have a story to end us on, and I don't think it's really going to bring us up. Okay. And I guess it depends what gets you excited, because this gets me excited in a different way. It is called, I Brought Home a Negative Entity by Touching a Doll. Okay. Great. This is... You've been picking some doll episode or doll emails recently. Have I? What else? I feel like the last encounters, I swear you had one email that included two dolls. There was two. Oh, well, that was babysitting specifically. That was in your. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Well, maybe we're, maybe we'll do a toy themed in the month of October or something. Cause I feel like those are always so good. Yeah. So send us your toy themed encounters, everyone call to action. Um, this is from our listener, Savannah. Savannah says, Hey besties. I've been listening to you for a long time, and I just love listening to you as I'm working. Here are a couple of stories of stuff that have happened to me this last year. Last year, I was introduced to spirituality. I grew up Christian and didn't believe in ghosts or any supernatural things. Maybe Bigfoot and demons, but that's it. So this was a big change for me. My roommate helped me get into it, and I embraced it pretty quickly. But I was having a bit of an existential crisis. I quickly learned that I was quite intuitive, and I could sense things more than I thought. I learned I could see shadow people, but only when I was closing my eyes or in a meditative state. This has never happened before, probably because I've now become more open, I guess. At the time, I worked as a caregiver, driving from house to house to take care of people. At one lady's house, she asked me to help her clean up her kitchen table, which had quite a bit of stuff on it, including an old doll. Oh gosh. See, I feel like this is a task I would have really loved because I love cleaning and helping and organizing. Yeah. And I feel like seeing the creepy doll might get me jazzed too. So I would probably make all of the same missteps that this person's about to. Well, remember when I was at my mom's house and she had all the dolls and like I touched every single one of them. She had a hundred dolls. Yeah. It was night of a hundred dolls at your mom's house. And pillows. The annual holiday, the, the day you go back like once a year to spend at your mom's house. Night of a hundred dolls is what we'll call it. <laughs> I'm not very good at describing things, but it was the size of an American girl doll. Just for show, it had a pretty red dress on, brown hair. It looked pretty normal, but I could sense something about this doll. Something that felt off, just not right. The lady asked me to bring the doll to her so she could figure out where she wanted to put it. I internally groaned, not wanting to pick it up, but this was my job. So I picked it up. I set it down on a shelf. I didn't think much of it until I got home because that night my roommate 
who is a lot more intuitive than me, said she did not feel right, that something in the apartment had shifted. We lit some incense and it felt better than before. It was maybe the next day or two when I wanted to meditate, so I sat on the couch and closed my eyes. As I was going into a trance-like state, it was like I could see the coffee table in front of me, but my eyes were still closed. Suddenly, I could see this weird-looking thing sitting in front of me. It kind of looked like an octopus, but it wasn't. It just looked weird and freaky, like it was trying to talk to me, but I couldn't hear it. Just as a warning, this part gets pretty graphic. I see this thing grab my legs pull me towards it off the couch. I can't do anything and I can't move. I just watch as it rips my body in half. What? I jump. My eyes open and I realize I'm still sitting on the couch. Physically, I was fine. Oh my God. But it felt weird. I looked around and there was nothing in front of me. It didn't show that it had affected me, but I knew it wanted a reaction from me. So I got up and went to another room to do something else. Not too long after, when I showered, the fog on my mirror had an eye drawn on it. Not the letter, the like eye, like an eyeball. Yeah, that's what I, like I have my eye on you. Mm-hmm. It kind of shook me because I don't know how it got there. I just wiped it off and moved on. It does seem so creepy. It's like a target put on them. I wonder what the eye symbolizes, what they were trying to convey. If that's their sort of symbol of like, I'm marking you and... You're you're mine. I'm coming for your soul. Well, it didn't stop there. No matter how much I wiped the eye away, another one would be there the next time I showered. It would be in another spot in the next time or a smaller or bigger size, but it was the same eye. I felt unsafe in my bathroom and my roommate agreed that it did not feel good in there. I would light incense, but it didn't really help. I set boundaries from other things coming into my bedroom, mostly because of the woman that lives in our hallway which I'm, that seems like a whole other story. Yeah, I think you owe us another email. (laughs) But this negative entity that I brought home was different. It wanted us to be scared so it could feed off of us. One night I was home alone and I don't remember how this started, but I just felt so unsafe in my apartment. I felt like I was going to die, like this thing was going to hurt me. I was texting my roommate and my boyfriend. I was freaking out. I was crying and just so scared. I couldn't leave the couch. My cat didn't leave my room because I think she could sense what was going on. I played cleansing music from YouTube. I lit many of the incense I had, but nothing helped. That is when my boyfriend told me that this entity wanted me to be scared so it could feed off my fear. So I looked up chants that I could say that could help. And the one that helped me the most said, smoke of air and fire of earth, cleanse and bless this home and hearth, drive away all harm and fear, only good may enter here. I said that over and over as I walked through the apartment holding the incense, and it worked. It was as if the fear flushed out of me and I felt better. I was still tense, but at least I didn't feel unsafe. After that, the only thing that happened was the eye on the mirror, but we had a psychic help cleanse the house, and since then, I have not felt or seen any negative entities. But I could also tell you guys the first time I saw a shadow person. I was laying in bed trying to meditate before going to sleep, and just as I was getting into a meditative state, I kept getting images of this shadow person. I only saw a shadow and it was like their face was drawn on with big white eyes and a smile. They had long black hair. And when I would open and close my eyes, I would continue to see the shadow when my eyes were closed. I told them to leave me alone and they did. And I didn't see them for the rest of the night. We realized that the woman I saw, like I mentioned before, lived in our hallway. Oh, there we go. We got the story. 
She's not really positive, but she's not really negative either. We just leave her alone and she doesn't bother us. But another night I saw this big shadow man who kind of reminded me of Dave Bautista. Dave Bautista. I'm going to look that up. Yeah. Will you show us a picture? Oh, it's the WWE guy who's from Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yes, yes, um, yes. And knock at the cabin. Yes, yes, yes. The real big, big dude. Yep. But he just stared at me, just getting closer to my bed until I told him to leave. And he did. I then said, no entity can come into my room without permission. And I have not seen one in my room since. There's also an entity in my mom's house that I could sense here and there. And so can my five-year-old nephew. But that's mostly all the stuff that's happened to me. If you want, I can also tell you guys about me meeting my and my roommate's spirit guides. Yes, please. Yes. We need to hear everything. Thanks for all you do. Here's a picture of my cat. Her name is Sushi. Look at little Sushi. Sushi. So cute. Beautiful. That's from Savannah. Wait, I feel like seeing someone that looks like Dave Bautista would actually be very scary. Yeah, <laughs> like, huge. He seems like such a kind person, like the actor, but seeing a spirit in someone that looks anything like that would be horrifying. A mass, like someone so giant and muscular that they don't even seem like a human being. Like they are, they're a giant. It's a giant. Yeah. Massive. And I mean, it's just wild how many things are happening to Savannah. And I'm, I'm also curious, did she go back to that old lady's house again? Did she ask about the doll? Was there any interaction with the doll afterwards? Like, I have a lot of questions. The aggression of ripping her apart too. Like that is the most disgusting depiction and horrible nightmare that I could have ever imagined having. It reminds me of the movie House of Wax, where there's literally that scene where the person's like being ripped apart at the gas station. Because it sounds like the way that Savannah meditates and like gets into this like spiritual plane is almost, it's astral projection, it feels like to me. So it feels like this entity was ripping her astral self or trying to. So I'm glad nothing worse happened, but like it had its eye on you and that's really creepy. Which that's even scarier too, to think of it as something that was an attempt on her astral body because that that makes me think that it's trying very hard to move from the doll to an actual person and to take over her body and possess her. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know what to say about that, but Savannah, I'm glad that it is gone. I do want to hear more of your experiences. Uh, we also want to hear all of your experiences Oh, okay. If you listen to this episode and you're like, oh gosh, I need something lighthearted. There's a new podcast and I just started listening to it, Corinne. It is hilarious. It is called Who Shat on the Floor at My Wedding. (laughs) What is it about? And it literally just came out. Like it has like 190 reviews, but it's hilarious. I think it's eight episodes or I don't know. Anyway, it's a true... Crime story. I'll read the description. Really? A true story involving two brides and one turd. What do you do if someone defecates on the floor at your wedding? Reevaluate your friends and your family? No, you launch an investigation to find out who did it. Join the brides, Helen McLaughlin and Karen Whitehouse, and the extremely underqualified detective Lauren Kilby as they interrogate wedding guests hook bridesmaids up to polygraph machines and speak with top forensic experts in an attempt to crack the case because crime is not a laughing matter. Well, maybe except for this one. That's hilarious. I know. That is the 
this is going to be my favorite true crime. Can you even call it true crime? I love that they're doing the spin. It's a spin. It's investigative. They're treating it like this is an actual case that they have to investigate. Yeah. It is a crime. So they're investigating. Yeah. I don't think you're allowed to, yeah, poop publicly. No. And I think this also happened back in like, it was, it's either like 2008 or 2018. Let me see. What does it say? 2018. So it was a few years ago. So there's, you know, a lot of time that passed. I'm curious if they figure it out. I'm also trying to look up who these people, who these people are. Are they comedians that did this or did someone just come up with this on their own? It's ba- I mean, it's a real thing. It happened. So I don't know. I know. Just, ugh. These people are genius. Well, whoever Shat is, the, I guess, responsible for this geniusness. Okay. Also, can I just read some of the, <laughs> the episode titles? Yeah. Episode one, a crime was committed. Episode two, three nuggets. <laughs> episode four, solid as a rock. Episode 10, size of a small fist. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot wait to listen oh, to this. Oh my gosh, yes. So that join us for that journey. And then join us on tour. We are going all over the US and we're going to Canada one the show in Toronto. So please join us. We'd love to meet you in person. And if not, we hope you will actually in addition, we hope you rate and review us on iTunes. We hope you get lost in the triangle and join our pyramid scheme aka join our Patreon where we do campfire stories every week. We have live streams every month. We have bonus content. We have lots of exclusive perks for all of you. And starting in August, we're going to start for the only phantom steer that has the ad-free episodes. We're going to start providing those episodes a little bit earlier. So you get to hear things before the rest of the world. We love you all. And we are so grateful for our editor, Christina. Thank you for editing our episodes, our show. We couldn't do it without you. And we also wouldn't exist without all of you, our listeners. So thank you. And we will see see you you on the the other other side. side.